0: the ways of God that's one of the works of the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us to correct us to keep us in line but tonight as we look at this we're going to end up finishing this chapter but I did want to back up to verse 13 and 14 uh, first of all and then we'll uh, we'll go ahead and read the rest of the chapter as well in verse thirteen, the Bible says, "In whom ye also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom, after uh, whom, in whom also, after you re- believed, ye were sealed with that holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, and to the praise of His glory." Now, there's a whole lot said. And these these two verses of scripture, and so we'll cover that this evening. I didn't want to let that thing; did not want to let that go, and and I know I didn't get it covered last week. We just dealt with the gospel that was that what that brings us to light. But tonight I'm going to deal with that first thing: is the sealing of the Holy Spirit and the earnest, the earnest, and that is actually in the Old Testament terms that is a. That is a down payment. That is uh, what is being held against our salvation until the day that it comes to fruition in its full. In other words, till we're not just saved. We are saved as saved as you're ever going to be right now. But there's coming a day when we're going to leave this life to go to the next. And that's what that Holy Spirit is doing with us even now. Verse 15, the Bible says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, ceased not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ, when He raised Him from the dead, and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places." For above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under His feet, and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight as we bow before your throne, we do so with very thankful hearts. We're thankful, dear God, not only for our salvation, but we're thankful that you gave us this Word to direct us and lead us and guide us. We thank you for that Holy Spirit that lives within us as the earnest or the down payment of our salvation to come. Lord, I pray that you will open our eyes and our minds and help us To see and reveal unto us the totality of thy power, thy majesty, the omnipotence that makes you what you are. Lord, I pray that you will bless our evening. Open our eyes and our understanding. Lord, may we rejoice. May the saints rejoice tonight for all of your goodness. And I pray, dear God, for the sinner that's here, that one that has not yet been quickened and made alive, Lord, I'm praying that that even transpires in this house this evening. Lord, that you may save some lost soul. You may give unto them, dear God, that gift of repentance, the gift of faith, and Lord, help them to come unto Thee this hour. Lord, bless, be with the sick, be with those that are on beds of affliction tonight. We pray for each and every one, Lord, those that are not with us. Father, we pray that You would just bless and encourage this whole church body this evening. Watch over us and forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, and Amen. Tonight I going to bring a message being sealed and enlightened in Christ's. Emmanuel, tonight's lesson is one of protection and one of understanding of our Lord's dominion and authority, not only as it concerns us as individuals, but as it concerns us as a body of baptized believers. We covered verse 13 and 14 in our last lesson, but I wish to cover these two verses of Holy Scripture at the onset of this lesson as well to just get the full impact of what he was being said here so first of all as we look at verse 13 and 14 of our text in whom ye also trusted after that you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom after whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that holy spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of Of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. I want you to notice, first of all, upon our salvation, God, through what the Apostle Paul was writing here, is telling all the redeemed, all the saved, that number one, you have been sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You have been sealed. Uh, uh, this word uh, were is the past tense of the verb are. And it means it, it, it has taken place upon our salvation. To us now it is past tense. And you were. Amen. You were sealed. That has happened upon the very conception of our salvation. You were given the earnest of the inheritance uh, by the Holy Spirit of God that lives within us. That's something to be uh, uh, amazed about. I think it has been accomplished in us and our salvation already. In Second Corinthians, if you'll back up just a little bit in Second Corinthians and Chapter One, notice what it says here now in Second Corinthians. In chapter 1 and verse 21 and 22. The Bible says this Now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who, all, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. What is he saying here? He's saying, Listen, it was God who give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ promised just before He left that He was going to send a comforter. That comforter was, was the Holy Spirit of promise. That comforter was that one who was going to come in and seal us until the day of our, our, of our full redemption. In other words, till the day that we're taken off of this earth and taken to heaven to be with the glory of God forever and ever that's what the holy spirit is doing that's the reason why tonight folks that the holy spirit is there he's protecting you that are saved nothing can take away your salvation nothing can hinder your salvation in any, in any way so that my friend is one of the most important things for you to get a hold of uh, this evening in first corinthians or in Ephesians 1 again where it talks about this in verse 13 and 14. This is what I want you to realize. This word earnest is an old Hebrew uh, word of, of Hebrew origin. And it's a, and in its Greek uh, a word, it means a pledge. It means a part of a purchase money or property given in advance as security for the rest to come. A pledge given to ratify a contract. Now that's what earnest is, or earnest money. When you go to the bank and you get a loan, you may have to put down a deposit. You may have to put down what they call earnest money. This is a down payment with the promise that you're going to pay the rest of it in the future. Listen, that's what this is all about. This is how this all works with us. We are given that earnest, that Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And it's a promise that our salvation is going to take us all the way to heaven one day when we die. Or when we are caught uh, and changed in the rapture. Listen, that earnest, that Holy Spirit is what's going to get us all the way to the the end uh, of, of the line, the finish line so to speak. The Holy Spirit was provided to us at salvation. It is the keeping or holding agent to keep us under contract to the God of heaven until our home going. In Ephesians chapter 4, notice what it says in verse 30, Ephesians 4 and verse 30, the Bible says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until or unto the day of redemption. Folks, this ought to mean something to you. This means that, that nothing, you know, this is where Romans 8 comes in. This is where Romans 8 and, and, and uh, verse 31 down through verse 39 comes in. I'll read some of this for you, because I think this is what, what, uh, what we see here. In Romans chapter 8 and look at verse 31 it says What shall we say to these things? If God be for us who can be against us? And I, I could say that right there and that should end all arguments. Nothing could take away our salvation. And if God is for us and listen He's for us because the Holy Spirit is holding us against Him. He's uh, He's holding us. And, then, and the Bible goes on to say uh, well let's just Let's just read verse uh, verse thirty-eight and nine. He, the, the Apostle Paul, as he's speaking to the to the Christians in Rome, he's saying this: For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in. Christ Jesus, our Lord, you know what that tells me that that holy Spirit that lives inside of us has got us protected he's got us sealed, just like the ark was uh, 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 when 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 he when Noah was told to build the ark and he was he was told to pitch it in other words, that pitch was used uh, as a sealing agent to keep the the, the water out and to keep the air in to keep us to keep us safe. That's the same way with the ark. See the ark. The ark also was a picture of this sealing agent when it come to the pitch, the application of the pitch that was to seal the, the, the vessel. And that, my friend, is important as well. So as we look at this first point, we have to understand that being saved by the grace of God. We have been sealed by that Holy Spirit that has taken His abode within us. If you're saved by the grace of God, listen, He's, He's inside of you. You cannot escape Him. He cannot leave you. He will not leave you. He will guide you in all truth, as a matter of fact. He will guide you in all things that is right. And He also protect you from those things that are wrong. You know what he's that he's that one. It's not the it's not that little uh, uh, whatever you see sitting on the shoulder of these cartoons. Listen, he lives in my heart. And you know when he's when 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 the devil puts something in my mind, when the devil tempts me, you know what the Holy Spirit is there to do. He's there to guide me and give me an avenue out of that temptation, folks. I tell you, I thank God. And you know how often though do we take advantage of that avenue out of temptation? That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He gives us a way out. He moves us to keep us from getting ourselves deeper into trouble. Now secondly, I want you to look at this. In verses 15 down through verse 18 of our text in Ephesians 1. We'll back up here and read this for you. Ephesians 1 verse 15 down through verse 18. The Bible says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, ceased not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. You know, as we look at this scripture here, now that salvation has come, now that we've been sealed with that Holy Spirit, we now can be enlightened in the all things of Christ. You see, the Bible teaches... And I believe that this is where a lot of men cannot stand to be told that they don't understand what they're saying because they're not saved by the grace of God to begin with. You see, it takes, uh, it takes that, that salvation to give uh, uh, mankind that intellectual understanding of what God's Word is saying in each and every verse and each and every chapter. The spiritual things of God cannot be understood by the carnal mind. The spiritual things of God have to be understood by a spiritual mind, one that has been transformed, one that has been conformed into the Spirit of God, one that has been saved by God's amazing grace. Think about this. It takes one who has been born again to understand the things of God and His Word. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Again, we see these, these very important truths. And you know, this is where a lot of people, they'll tell me, well, well preacher, I, I've read the Bible through and through. Yeah, but are you saved? No, I'm not saved, but I know exactly what it means. No, you don't. You see, the carnal mind cannot begin to understand what the Word of God is saying, what the breath of God is, is revealing to those that are saved. This book is for us to know Him. You see, that's the reason why He gave us this book. This book is given to us that we may know Him better. That we may learn more of Him. That we that are saved may come to an understanding. But listen, I know this, that that God's Word is also, as it was told by the Apostle Paul to young Timothy, was able to make thee wise unto salvation. But I want you to know something. That didn't come by any private interpretation. That's something that's been revealed by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And that's important. The Bible goes on to say this now in uh, 1 Corinthians 2. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him." But God hath revealed it to them unto us by the Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man uh, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have this mind of Christ. Folks, I want you to think about it now. I want you to think about this because it is is direly important that we understand that this book is given to us that we may understand Him more. That we may be taught more of Him. In Ephesians 4 and verse 11 the Bible states this. Now get a hold of this. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, or in other words, a mature man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up in him all things, which is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now I want to stop right there for just a moment. And, and as we look at verse 29, the Bible says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is... Good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now I want to stop right there. You know, I I walked out to the mailbox. And as usual, I I get an invitation. And it didn't claim the ecumenical movement on this one, but still yet. Every denomination is going to take part in a huge revival meeting. That we've been invited to, and I sit there and I, I wonder. I think, well, how in the world can somebody of the Church of Christ agree with with a Baptist? How can a Baptist agree with something that is spoke of in the in the Christian rank, or or how can the how can the Christian uh, 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 join in with the Methodist? How can all these different entities come together as one and preach? All the different avenues of salvation and still claim that we're all going to the same place serving the same God. I'll tell you what it's gonna get you. It's gonna get you into one place, all right. It's not gonna just get you confused, but believing the believing the false gospel will send a man to hell too. And that needs to be understood as well. I do not take part and I do not enjoy going to the mailbox every month to pick up mail and only to have uh, this ecumenical movement coming in and trying to get us to to join. Well, we're all going to the same place, just different ways. No, there's only one way, says the Word of God. There's only one way. And Jesus Christ says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. It doesn't come by your good works. It doesn't come by your good deeds. It doesn't come by how much you give to the church. It doesn't come by how many times you've been baptized. It doesn't come by how many uh, uh, church memberships that you have. It comes through Jesus Christ and Him alone. I'll get off of that soapbox for a moment. But I will say this. I believe that the true church needs to come out from among them. Amen? If you're if you're a Baptist, be a Baptist. Listen, I'm I, I'm I'm a stickler to that, and I can't stand the uh, the weak kneed uh, preachers that are behind the pulpits anymore, and those that are in the pews are saying, "Well, we're all going trying to get to the same place." No, no, no. You may be trying to get to the same place, but you're only going to get there one way. One way. Being taught in the Word is a direct responsibility of the pastor and teachers in a church. Teaching that Word to the redeemed is our duty. In 2 Peter chapter 1, again we see what I'm talking about here. 2 Peter chapter 1 and beginning at verse 16. Notice what the Bible says here now. For we have not followed cunning, devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to Him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, and this voice... Which came from heaven, we heard, and we were with him in the Holy Mount. We have also more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not of old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This word private here in the Greek is is a word that means of one's own private or his own, their own or apart from somebody else. The word interpretation here simply is Defined as explanation. We are led in the Word of God by men who have been enlightened by God's Holy Spirit in and by the Word. And we are taught God's Word through their understanding and the Holy Spirit's direct intervention. We see in Romans 8 verse 5 through 14 uh, uh, this which details this. In Psalm 77 and verse 20 again you see what we're dealing with here and what we're talking about in 77 and 20. Thou led thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. God still leads His people today by the hands of dedicated, eradicated pastors and teachers. What do you, what do you mean dedicated and eradicated? I'm talking about somebody dedicated to the study of God's Word and eradicated men. They are saved by the grace of God. Amen. <laughs> eradicated they have been they have been changed and that's what I'm talking about. pastors and teachers who who instill in their minds and hearts the engrafted word of God. First Timothy 6:11 through14 deals with this and this word there's a word there in first Timothy in chapter 6 this commandment and it means a, 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 an order that has authority or regulation, Oh God's word When you when when you're given a one that delivers the word of God that has been led by the Holy Spirit listen I enjoy I enjoy uh, preaching behind brother Jim's teaching because you know what they always they always mingle with each other I don't call him and see what he's going to be teaching. He doesn't call me to see what I'm going to be preaching. That's how the Holy Spirit works. That's how you know that the the Holy Spirit is involved in the teaching and preaching of God's Word. That's when you know that it's right. Now lastly, I want to come to this point here. We're going to look at the power and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 1, 19-23, we see... What we're talking about here, this the omnipotence and the power of the Almighty Son of God. The Bible states this in Ephesians 1 and verse 19 to begin with. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead? and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come, and hath put all things under His feet, and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. The exceeding greatness of His power, we that are saved have this assurance that nothing, that nobody can take us away from his hand. In Romans eight, thirty eight and thirty nine, I've done read this, and we see that there's absolutely you know, Paul, when Paul said I am persuaded, you know what? He had he knew it in his heart. Man ain't nothing can take away my salvation. There is no power that can outpower the God of heaven. There is no power that can resist the power of the heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ of heaven. There is no power that can come to this earth and take away the salvation that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. When he purchased us with his own blood. Nothing can take that away. John chapter 10, if you want to back up here and look at this with me. In John 10, we've already read Romans and 8. And we'll go over here to John 10 for just a moment. In verse 27, notice what it says here now. John 10, 27, the Bible says, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man perish. Pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. That right there, all to all to seal it for you. We're talking about the Almighty power of the God of Heaven, who cannot, who cannot be swayed in any way. He cannot be tempted to give you up. He cannot be tempted to throw you away and to cast you away. Listen, when He saved you, it was with an eternal salvation. And If it was not eternal, listen, He would have said so. But He says, I have given unto them eternal life. And that means just exactly what He said. It wouldn't have been eternal if we could lose it. Amen? Amen. It wouldn't be eternity if we could lose our salvation. So the Bible states in John chapter 6 verse 37 John 6 37 My pages are getting stuck here. Good cough drops. (laughs) John 6 37 the Bible says All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast him out. For I have come down From heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the will of him which has sent me. That of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. These truths give all the redeemed courage to stand. Nothing will ever cause us to lose our salvation. Nothing can take it away from us because he who is all powerful, omnipotent, will simply not allow it. In Job forty two, I have just a, a couple more verses of scripture I want to read here in Job and forty two. Job even knew that, he, he made a statement, even, uh, even after these skin worms are done with me, I'm still going to see with my own eyes. But in Job, in chapter 42 and 2, the Bible says, I know that thou canst do anything or everything, and that no thought can be withholding from thee. You know, Job knew all about the God of heaven, didn't he? He knew the power and the omnipotence of God. And he knew that even though his body would turn back to the dust of the earth, one day with his eye, he said, with my eye, I shall see him. That's the God that we serve. Psalm 66. Psalm chapter 66. Beginning at verse 3. The Bible says, Say unto God how terrible... Art thou in thy works? In other words, great. Through the greatness of thy power, shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy to thy name, Siva. Come and see the works of God. His terrible, he is terrible in his doings toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in Him. He ruleth by His power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. One more scripture, Psalm 89. Psalm 89, verse 7 and 8. The Bible says, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. To be had in reverence of all them that are about Him. Folks, I believe that's, that's in this house tonight. I believe we ought to fear Him. In other words, not be, not, that word is not to be afraid. It means to respect and awe. We're to fear Him tonight. When we come into this house, we know that He's here. That ought to cause us to have an awe about us. That ought to cause us to have a reverential a fear As we come into this place of worship, knowing that He's somewhere in this house, we ought to stand in awe because we have been granted the opportunity to come and worship Him knowing that He's in this place. It ought to get a hold of our hearts. He goes on to say this, O Lord of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee, or to Thy faithfulness round about Thee. Yes, our Savior not only is able, but He is the enabler of the saint of God as well. And I pray tonight that as we have looked at these remaining scriptures in chapter 1, that we understand the omnipotence and the power that lies in the God that saved us, that called us, that is promised it can never be taken away. Oh may God, may God bless the saint of God. Listen, there are people out there today, they and there may be people out there today that are truly saved who who fear because they've always been told and taught that you can lose your salvation. And They fear they're afraid. I'm not saying that everybody like that is lost, but I'm saying this, they live in fear when they don't have to. Because if they're truly saved by the grace of God, we've been sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, and nobody's going to move Him out of us. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's all stand, please.